We are here in Pittsburgh at GNC headquarters. Mm -hmm. We came in for the cage launch, but we were lucky enough to get some time with Ken Hudson. Uh, can we podcast at the franchise show? Yeah. But I didn't get enough time to really talk about what you do okay. and you are. So I'd love if we could just start off with just like a quick intro background, who you are, what you do. Yep. Uh, so I'm the vice president of merchandising. I oversee all the sports nutrition categories at GNC. Um, been with the company almost seven years. Um, been in merchandising for over 20. Uh, so, you know, have my hands on a lot of different things here on the sports nutrition side. I work a lot on the innovation side. I'm um, in the testing side and product development as well. Um, so lots of, lots of different things happen here. So that's awesome. So you get to oversee not just like what comes in and what's on the, on the shelf, but also uh, like the development of new technologies or new yep. experiences. Um, I mean, we're here for like a cool launch for, for cage, which feels like a, I've always felt like there's errors at GNC. It kind of coincides with the walls. I've always felt, you know, like you, know, you have your BBI day, your Cellucore performance and, and so on. Um, I'd love to just jump in and talk about like what you're excited about right now. Yeah. I, I, I might just met you, so I don't know if you have any exciting <laughs> questions, but. No, I mean, I would go more into your background. Like, so how did you get into this position? Yeah. Do you, you don't have a, there's no PhD in supplements. So. No, not at all. Uh, funny enough, I spent the first almost 17 years of my career in merchandising, but okay. in apparel accessories licensing gotcha. um, prior to joining GNC. So when I came into GNC, I was actually on the wellness side of the business first, <laughs> um, overseeing health and beauty, um, several of the wellness categories, arts and greens, things like that. And then after uh, my first year here, I moved over to take over the sports side um, of the business. Um, that's the more fun side, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more in my wheelhouse for sure. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I've been involved in, in, you know, the gym and, and athletics most of my adult life. So um, I've been shopping at GNC. That's a legitimate story. I'm not saying that <laughs> here, since I was a teenager. So it, it's definitely been a part of my life for a long time. So when you came into GNC, where you started interviewing with a company, were yeah. there things like that you already knew that you would want to change if you were in this position? Um, it's not even so much. Eh, let me back up a second. The interesting thing about coming into GNC, especially when you come from outside of the nutrition or the supplement industry, you've got a lot of perspectives on what the business is, mm -hmm. but there's a huge learning curve for anybody that comes from outside, especially on the business side. Um, you know, when I worked in apparel and accessories, you know, people aren't ingesting those things. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge learning curve just on the science and, and the technical aspect of, of what we do here versus what I did in my previous lives. Um, so, you know, again, you know, uh, a widget's a widget, so to speak. So we all mm -hmm. look at things very different or very similarly in terms of how we run the business, but there was just a huge aspect of what I knew outside of my personal consumption and my personal experience mm -hmm. on the supplementation side versus what we actually do on the day in day out basis um, in merchandising and, and, you know. You mentioned licensing when you were yeah. talking about your previous merchandising. Yeah. Has it been interesting to come into supplements and see licensing here now? Yeah, I mean, it's funny because when I first came into GNC, it actually surprised me that there wasn't a lot and we had just really started working with Ghost. I mean, it was early, early days of the Ghost GNC relationship there. Um, and so to me, it was always kind of a natural fit on, you know, in some ways, why it wasn't here. Um, because in my previous lives, it was a huge portion of what happens on that side of the world. Um, and then, you know, fast forward six months and all of a sudden we're doing all these really cool collabs with Ghost and, and, and you know, whatnot. And then it just obviously has exploded to what you see today. Um, so I'm not surprised by it. Um, like I think maybe a lot of people that have been a mesh in the industry for so long were. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was not at all surprising to me that the industry went there. Um, I am surprised, uh, 
you know, in a lot of different aspects within, you know, licensing. Some brands are very slow to get into this mm -hmm. industry with licenses. Mm -hmm. um, some are very fast. Some brands have, in my mind, probably gone a little too far um, in terms of the number of collabs and, and things that they do for sure. But, you know, I think there is a lot of room still to be done with flavor collabs, licensing in general um, in this space. I think it's just the, the, the consumer is getting a little bit more refined as to what they expect from these. Yeah. Um, and gone are the days of just like, you know, tweaking a flavor and throwing a, a label on there and expecting people to get excited about it. Yeah, I, it's kind of funny hearing your perspective because to me, it was a huge, obviously it was a huge thing when Ghost landed. Warheads was pretty big, but then yeah. Sour Patch gets Sour Patch Fish. So that's when I was like, whoa, these companies actually trust us? Yeah. Because, like, you know, the, coming back from 2012, there's, there's a lot of war with FDA and everything. Yeah. So it was great to see us level up and we'll always thank ghost for for leveling us up yeah. and i've had some people say oh that's not that innovative i'm like no that to me was incredibly innovative not just from like yeah the cool flavors and stuff but from like growing up as a an industry and a business thing i think it was huge for us and now gnc you got marvel yeah like, that's that's abject I, I look at licensing as a huge validation of the space you know mm -hmm. what i mean and it's not mm -hmm. always going to be the most groundbreaking you know um interpretation of a license mm -hmm. um but a lot of these brands are multi-billion dollar brands that are trusting our space <laughs> to be able to do right by their brands and their yeah. IP. And is ingested. Yeah, exactly. With, so that's a huge, chat, exactly. Right? So it's a huge validation of what we do where a decade ago, that would have never happened. It's super funny too, because you were kind of mentioning like brands who maybe don't do it in the way that you think, or you know, you, not the way that you would or whatever. And it's funny to think because I love like the authenticity. I yeah. love when it means something and it really, there's details. Like when you guys did Marvel, I called out some such mm -hmm. cool stuff on the labels that no one was really putting these details yeah. in. And it's funny because everyone could say like, it should be authentic, there should be cool stuff. But you know, like Oreo does a Hot Wheels car. You know, like it, yeah. there, there is also <laughs> just like, you know, for some licensing agencies, it's just like passive income. You own IP, yeah. you know, like give it to someone to do something. But if like, it feels good when you see something and you just know like there's real thought that went into this collaboration. Yeah, I mean, Marvel's a great example. It actually took us two years to bring up to market. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and you picked up on a lot of the little details on label. There were even Easter eggs in, you know, um, on the label, in the pack and stuff that people haven't really even caught on to yet, quite honestly, about things that are coming. And so it's the, the team that actually put that stuff together, we spent a tremendous amount of time on every single one of those details. Yeah. Um, you know, the flavors are great flavors, but again, that's not where a lot of the attention to detail necessarily came as it relates to bringing the Marvel name into the yeah. product. Um, you know, things like the collectible that we did, you know, the way that we kind of communicated and talked about the product and the benefits and, and the partnership differently on pack launching at, at Comic-Con, you know what I mean? And doing something completely different in the way that our space has not really done before in that yeah. regard. Um, I mean, that's what, you know, took us so long to actually bring it to market. Were we the first to do a comic book collab? No, but do I think we did it better than anybody else? I do, because we actually took our time mm -hmm. and we literally had fans of Marvel and all of these characters and all of these properties actually building something that was legitimate and not just a label slab. It matters, like, 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 I, and this is our. I think it's a little bit different. And this is what, what I appreciate when you guys did is like, you know, Mike, you might love Swedish Fish and Sour Patch Kids. You know, you might have grown up on them, um, but like these are like to some people living characters and beings that have personalities and uh, you know memes online or whatever. And you guys like encap like encapsulated part of the pun uh, that like feeling and like being a part of that like the whole like 
uh, origin story concept. Yeah. It's, it's very cool. I have to ask if they did, and you don't have to answer these things if it, if it breaks anything, but did they say no to like pre-workouts? Because we're starting to see like Kraft has a limit on how much caffeine can be on a product that has their IP on it and things like that. Yeah. I mean, listen, anybody that's worked with Disney before knows that they have very, um, I don't even want to say strict, but they just have very clear guidelines on how they operate in certain spaces. Um, that's no different for us. Mm -hmm. um, so was it no on specific categories? Not necessarily, but there's obviously guidelines under Disney and their nutritional guidelines that we operate under as part of the yeah. partnership, um, just like they would if they did something on the food side or you know the clothing side or whatever. Um, so those things aren't necessarily unique to the partnership we have with them, but they're obviously you know things that we take into account for it sure. Totally makes sense. I understand. Like. It's scary. Like you were saying in 2012, there was a lot of fights with the FDA. And, and even now, there's a lot of scary products in the market that to a bigger brand that is concerned about liability, whereas yeah. like some companies in this industry might just not even consider this. Like it's a liability to be putting your IP on something that could speed up someone's heart rate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, if I was Disney, I would, I would probably set a limit of caffeine, probably like 175 milligrams, even if it was in a pre-workout. And so, because you know it's going to end up in the 13-year-old's hands at some point. It, do I care about a whey protein? Not at all. Like, that is okay to get, I don't know, if a younger person's there. But you have to, Disney's got to be smart about them. They obviously are. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah, we work very closely with all the people on their nutrition That's team to make sure that we're, you know, doing not only right by their IP, but by all their nutritional guidelines. So. Cool. So there are Easter eggs that haven't been captured. Like, yeah, like, I was actually so shocked when you did your. I know that girl. Yeah, I had. Yeah. Well, I, I was very disappointed because I had to fit it all into a minute. We did two videos because like I had so much to say, and then I couldn't even get like the flavor into the first video. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I gotta do the flavor video. Oh, it was what was so cool about it is like the flavor video did not do anywhere near as well as like the Easter egg video, yeah. which was I I gave me a lot of like. Restored faith in humanity that you will care. That bothered me because I was like, what does it taste? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I, I'm like very product centric. Like, but it, obviously, I'm not the demographic for that product. Like people, and that was what I was going to ask is with this collab, does it, did it bring in new GNC customers? Uh, ultimately, that's got to be the goal. Did yeah. you get some Marvel, Marvel fans coming into stores wanting this product now on the website? And that? Absolutely. And that's, again, part of the, we were very intentional with why we went to Comic Con. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Right. And it was, you know, we had, I want to say it was like close to like 12 or 13,000 people come through that booth in two days. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we were in the fan zone where people are highly engaged. Like they're, they're huge fans of all of these properties and the reception, quite honestly, we didn't know what it was going to be being with GNC and obviously being, you know, with something like a, a protein, uh, you know, uh, powder, bringing it into this world where, you know, a lot of people just don't play. Um, but the response was overwhelming, um, and we've seen just a really, really, um, you know, just a great response kind of from beginning to end on, you know, again, new people taking a look at the product, new people taking a look at GNC, people getting excited about Marvel going into different categories in the health and wellness space and things like that. So it's been overwhelmingly positive um, for a number of reasons. But again, obviously, just trying to get GNC, the product, the partnership in front of new eyes is definitely part of the goal. Yeah. So are you willing to share which flavor is selling best or anything like that? Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it's any surprise. I mean, I think, um, you know, 
the interesting thing I would say about the flavors, the flavors are amazing. Mm -hmm. But again, part of the interesting thing about people that are fans of Marvel is, is that they tend to react first to the character that they're a fan oh, of. Okay. And yeah. so, you know, with that being said, I mean, Captain America, you know, is, is, is kind of our, our premier, uh, performer oh, okay. right now, mm -hmm. um, which it's a birthday cake flavor, um, yeah. based flavor. Um, but you know, again, people tend to gravitate towards the, the, the character or the person within Marvel that they kind of, uh, you know, are, are, are fanning out over first and foremost, then they realize it's a great flavor and then they may go on to try other flavors and characters and so on. So um, no real big surprise there. That's a, exactly how we thought it was going to be. Um, you know, the interesting thing is, you know, Marvel, or excuse me, the Avengers in general have a huge anniversary this year. It's Disney's 100th anniversary, all mm -hmm. of these things. Mm -hmm. So there's just a lot of like cool things happening around mm -hmm. Disney and Marvel in general right now that we got the benefit of just kind of being a part of. Um, you know, and again, when we talk about the timing and why we took our time with this launch relative to some other things that you see out in the marketplace, that was all very intentional. Yeah. Um, to capitalize on that, to be a part of some of those moments with, you know, those two really great, you know, longstanding, very well-respected brands. Um, and then adding, you know, our, our almost 90 year heritage to that, being able to be a part of that is just something that's really exciting. So are you going to have, has the hundredth birthday happened yet? Are you going to have? So this year is actually the, Disney's 100th. The year. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Okay, really cool. That's funny. I'm learning a lot here. I, I was already wrong about chocolate. And <laughs> things, so what do I know about clouds? That's awesome. Oh, it's all good. <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, so uh, we've talked about Marvel, which is was huge. Um, Cage, I think we've done a lot of content on, but I'd like to use that as a springboard yeah. to like, we seem to have a big season coming for you guys. Yeah. So like, what are you excited about Cage and like, where does that go next? Yeah, so, I mean, interestingly enough, you know, Cage has been a partner brand of ours for a very long time. You know, obviously with, with any partnership like that, there's ebbs and flows in the business, you know? And, and one of the interesting things and why I'm so excited about what we're doing with the Elite Series, um, you know, and I think we talked about this in, in Vegas a couple months ago, you know, a lot of people in this space um, recognize that sports nutrition is growing. People are becoming more educated in the space, want to be able to, to whatever level they're at, uh, you know, be a part of this industry. And so what you're seeing out there in a lot of competitors right now is people are just throwing as many things, as much newness out there for the consumer as possible. That's not what we're doing. You know, we are being very mindful with how we build partnerships, how we build assortments. Um, what spaces we go into for white spaces and whatnot, um, because we want to be able to say we're doing right by the consumer, not just throwing a bunch of stuff out there and hoping they figure it out. Yeah, you know, and that's one of the things that my team and I do, yeah, you know, or spend a lot of time on, is making sure that the things that we put on the shelf, the things that we put out there in terms of partnerships and and new lines, you know, uh, and whatever the case may be, like we're doing it with intention. Um, because again, you know, people recognize that there's a lot of growth in this industry, in this particular, you know, in these particular categories, and they're just trying to pump out the latest, the greatest, whatever they can find, whether it's been on, you know, been on the market direct to consumer for a week or whether it's been out there for 20 years. And it's not actually servicing the consumer at the end of the day, because they're not helping them understand why it's important, yeah. why, why it's the best product, why it's right for where they're at in their fitness journey or whatever the case may be. And that's where we spend a lot of our time trying to make sure that the things that actually make it onto shelf have a reason to be there, you know? And so we want to make sure that we've got something to service the novice consumer just as much as somebody that's very well educated in the space. But that does not mean we are going to, going to carry every brand, every product, mm -hmm. um, and that is by design. So what, like, if you give me like metrics or trends or what, like, what was it that told you um, that Cage is someone to lean in with? Because they have a, they have a rather prominent wall and an end cap. Yeah. 
And that's like not something that you don't give to brands. Like I was saying before, like eras to me are in GFT are kind of generally defined by how the walkers sure. change. Like you don't have to say that, you know, you know, we could sit here and pop up cage and whatever they did, but like what trends in the industry showed you that caged was the pick as, as well? Yeah. So, you know, again, cages always, always had really solid formulas for, for product. Um, you know, the interesting thing was, is that we started talking about the elite series as a single product and it was updates to the pre-workout mm -hmm. and we were all sitting around the table, very similar to this on the floor below us, where we're sitting right now saying, how great would it be to take this elite, elite series kind of, uh, concept and take it out across the entire line with updated ingredients, updated formulas, um, you know, really kick-ass packaging and just amazing flavors across the entire line. And that's really, that one conversation, that one product is really where this elite series and the partnership between GNC and cage for it started. And so, you know, the guys can formulate a product like almost none other in the industry. They've got really great flavors. They've got really, really solid ingredients in their products. Um, and people know and respect that we wanted to take it to another level, um, and, and really just raise the bar for what a partnership between a brand and GNC can be, but then also what that assortment looks like. Um, I can tell you there, in my almost seven years here, there's not a single partner we've launched 27 SKUs with. And, and there's a very, uh, legitimate reason why we did that because every single one of those products has a reason to be on the shelf, yeah. you know, and you know, again, we've had a partnership, we've done business with cage for a long time, you know, having the presence in the store that they're going to have in all the stores as of eight thirty one, um, with the breadth of categories represented is a testament, not only to what we think we can do together, but just how they build product and how they really taken a, a leap forward with all these categories with the elite series. Cool. Is, are there, um, because when you, like you're talking about formulas, so, so you compare it to the rest of the industry, there are obviously, um, a lot of standards now when it comes to formulas, you know, you want a large scoop in a pre-workout, you want a certain amount of citrine, you want, you know, a, a caffeine trends up in general right now, but you know, like what, what was it about this line that you think is going to do well in, in adding to that? Do you think that like the certifications or yeah. the sweeteners are any part of that? Like, what do you expect this to do? Yeah, I mean, it's a very clean label, you know, and, and, you know, while we're seeing a lot of trends towards that, I think this is probably the, the, the biggest assortment out there that really approaches it from, from, from kind of A to Z in formulation from a certification, a cleanliness of ingredients and so on. Um, and there's a lot to be said for that as a differentiator within a lot of the space that's happening today. So they not only did that, but their product still tastes great. I mean, I've been a huge fan of, of the pre-workout for a long time. Um, and it's not easy to make something taste good that is that clean. Yeah, and, and big of a scoop. Yeah, right. exactly. So, you know, they just did a really, really nice job and were super mindful in how they built these products from, from beginning to end. Um, and again, like I said, we would not have taken this leap with them yeah. um, if we weren't confident that everything that we're bringing in had a reason to be on the shelf. So from GNC's perspective, did do you have just confidence that Cage is going to bring their own people walking into the store or is it, did you have a lot of people, a lot of people requesting cleaner formulas, more like less artificial sweeteners, less artificial flavors, all that stuff. And then you needed a brand to fulfill that role. Like, I mean, it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, when I'm meeting with brands, I like to, I like to talk about the fact that GNC is really good at pulling people, but mm -hmm. the brand has to have the push. And so when, when a brand does really well at GNC, it's when those things work in concert with one another. Mm -hmm. And there's plenty of times that, you know, a brand comes in and expects that the pull from GNC is gonna make or break their performance. And that's more often than not when a brand doesn't 
succeed right you know and the great thing is is that cage has a huge built-in audience already mm -hmm. and we've got to your point people that are looking for those trends in cleaner ingredients you know better sweeteners and things of that sort and so we've got that pull and that request already from the consumer base that's building over time mm -hmm. and so it was just a great time for us to kind of work with caged on bringing this to market in the way that we are because you know, we're kind of, I think, reaching a critical mass where a, a, a line like this and the breadth of the line, like, you know, of this size can actually work. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had success in standalone products here or there that, that capture some of what Caged is doing. Um, when you say we, do you mean Dion Roth or you mean like GNC? GNC, GNC yeah, yeah, is the enterprise. Um, but, you know, the way, like I said, from flavor to formula, just the way that they're approaching it, mm -hmm. um, it's the right time for them to bring the, the push as we're pulling in those consumers on, um, uh, you know, a lot of the ingredients, a lot of the trends that we're seeing there with regards to, you know, cleanliness. Cool. I don't know if you have anything on, on this topic. Or I, no, I was going to uh, kind of put you on the spot moving forward. Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> okay, so you can't, you can't mention Caged or Marvel's collapse, yeah. but... Uh, Beyond Rise Game, for the record, what are like three brands you're really excited about over the next year? Huh. I know. I know. It's. I know you have a lot of partners. Yeah. So like no. Sunset. I mean, listen. I, I'll speak about our own brands for a second here because there's a couple things that I am really excited about. So there's been a ton that's already happened with Beyond Raw this summer, mm -hmm. um, in terms of new product. There's a ton that's coming. Um, and so when we talk about from our, from our own brand standpoint, the ability to, um, move quickly and stay on top of trends as it relates to sports nutrition beyond raw is like where we focus a lot of our attention. Um, the other brand that I think a lot of people probably don't pay, I don't want to say pay a lot of attention to because it's a, it's one of our fastest growing brands, um, is our pro performance line. And that's where not mentioning Marvel, but that's where Marvel's at. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've got a tremendous amount of innovation happening yeah. in that brand over the next 12 months that I think is going to actually surprise a lot of people. And, you know, people tend to look at that as kind of a more simplistic opening price point brand for GNC. Mm -hmm. And there's some truth to that. Um, but we actually are very mindful in how we formulate that brand because we pay attention to that brand as, as some, as a brand that is used to bring younger, newer people to the space into the, you know, into the broader sports nutrition industry, you know? And so, um, you know, a lot of people, that's their first creatine when they walk into GNC, mm -hmm. you know, it's a, it, the hundred percent way. It's a, a lot of times their first, you know, protein, um, you know, because it's, it's very clean. It's fairly simple. Parents can trust giving it to their children, you know, mm -hmm. young college athletes, things of that sort. Um, and you know, price point, especially as a lot of the craziness that's been happening with inflation over the last couple of years, it's, it's a, a much easier, um, you know, spend and share a wallet for people yeah. that are maybe looking, um, into the space for the first time and, and not knowing where to go. And so, you know, we're focusing a lot of, um, a lot of innovation on just making sure that the white spaces within that brand, um, are addressed in the next 12 plus months. Um, so that we make sure that that particular consumer base has a full breadth of, of options in sports nutrition and broader wellness to be able to help, you know, kind of ease their transit uh, transition into the space. Is, is the pro performance line, is that where the new triphase pre-workout, does that? No, that's actually an amp. Oh, that's it. Yeah. So. I was going to say like GNC brand as a whole, I believe that because we saw the triphase. Yeah. We want to talk about that. Or we just mentioned it, but also uh, dynamic way, dynamic gainer. Yeah. That's, that's beyond raw. That's beyond raw. Beyond raw. Yeah. Okay. But I love those because oh, so you you yourselves have some good offerings like we mom could come in 
it hurt sons getting into high school yep. football, 13 years old or whatever. Yep. And you can you could just start with the pro performance way. Yep. But once someone graduates into like wanting some extra stuff, you have Beyond Raw, which has this dynamic way. Yep. And now we're talking about extra ingredients and Pepti Strong, IO, the IO enhanced the weight exactly. um, technology and everything. So it's kind of cool that you have your own thing. Does that off-put a potential brand from wanting to even like mess with protein since you already have a decent offering? Honestly, no, it, but it goes back to what I was talking about earlier. It's we're not trying to throw everything into the store and just let people figure it out. You know what I mean? So when we work with third parties, um, we want it to work in concert with our brands, not against one another. Mm -hmm. um, and so that doesn't mean that we don't, I mean, we have a very strong protein business in a lot of third party legacy brands, a lot of brands that have started in direct to consumer and kind of matured with GNC and, and, and you know, in parallel to GNC. Um, and that's true for all categories, honestly, but we actually spend the time to make sure, listen, if they come in and, you know, if, if a consumer comes in and they want, you know, ghost protein, I want to be able to sell them ghost protein. Yeah. You know, if they come in and they're looking for something that's formulated for a, a different end, you know, benefit, mm -hmm. you know, maybe they go to Waybolic or they go to Dynamic Way. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that, um, you know, that the, that the ghost protein or whatever protein from a third party is less relevant, mm -hmm. but we want to make sure that they're living in concert and servicing as broad a need um, as possible. It doesn't, it doesn't do anybody any good for me to have seven different iterations of a Waybolic. Right. You know? Right. And so again, that's, that's what I talk about when I say like, we don't just throw products and brands and SKUs into the stores for the sake of saying, we've got the biggest assortment. We don't have the biggest assortment, but mm -hmm. that is purposefully by design. Do you know the stats of this might be internal proprietary? What percentage of customers, if we're talking about protein brands, is yeah. knows that they want an exact brand ghost way versus a percentage of customers that just know they want a protein and they want to talk to the sales sales guy? Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't know that I necessarily have a breakdown, but I mean we definitely have very brand loyal consumers. Mm -hmm. We've got that consumer data for sure. Mm -hmm. And then we definitely have consumers that come in that are looking for value. So if there's something on a promotion or something that is um, you know, maybe on that kind of good or better scale of a good, better, best, that is a, a little bit more manageable of a price point. Mm -hmm. We definitely have value shoppers as well, um, you know, in particular categories and especially in something like protein where we've see, seen a lot of, um, you know, inflationary pressures, obviously drive retail increases and, and things of that sort. So, you know, just as much as it is about having a really um, robust product that, that services kind of the more educated kind of, um, you know, consumer looking for greater, you know, greater and greater levels of benefits. We also have to make sure that we're servicing that value consumer that is looking for, you know, a great quality protein, but maybe not all the bells and whistles associated with it that just wants to make sure they're getting their protein after the gym, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the, I think probably one of the biggest, I think, misconceptions of GNC is, is that it's just all at that high end. We absolutely have that. We cater to making sure that we have you know, the, the latest and greatest in terms of technology and science and our products for sure. But we still have really great quality, very efficacious products that work for that mid and low tier as well. Um, and, and that can offer value for people that, that need it and want it, um, but still give them plenty of benefits uh, for what they're looking for in their, in their supplements. Okay, so same question, but you're not allowed to say GSC this time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, brands are excited about yeah. the next year that are in GNC. Um, I mean, I know you guys know this, but I mean, we're obviously getting ready to do some really interesting things with Raw and Rise. Yeah. Um, you know, here pretty soon. Um, in the next couple of months. Um, you know, again, you know, 
Rise is an interesting one. We did business with those guys when they were relatively new. We were one of the first, you know, if not the first retailer to actually carry the product. Um, and, you know, obviously things have evolved over the years. Those guys are killing it right now in terms of the business and, and what they're bringing. And, you know, we're, we're now getting back into, um, you know, some really interesting and unique things with them that I think, you know, will we'll get people excited that love the brand, but also give a unique spin to what's coming to GNC. Mm-hmm. And so, again, when we talk about brands that maybe aren't in GNC from the beginning or come into GNC a little bit later, you know, that is a lot of times by design so that when we make sure it does come to GNC, it's coming with a unique spin, a unique spin or something special uh, for the GNC consumer that, you know, gives them a reason to come here versus something down the, down sure. the road. Sure. So you want a unique product in terms of formula or unique experience in terms of flavor? It really depends like- on the brand. You know, there's not one, you know, we don't go in and say we have to have this unique formula or this unique flavor or whatever. It really depends on the brand and how we kind of, how that partnership kind of evolves. We've done exclusive flavors. We've done exclusive, you know, uh, formulas like what we're doing with Caged. Um, it really just depends on what's right for GNC and the, that particular brand that we're working with because they have their their own unique strengths. You know what I mean? Some of them are really great at flavor. Um, some of them are really great at formulation. Some of them are great at both. And you know, some of, it it just really depends. And so I think that's one of the really unique things about how we partner with brands is that we're not. It, it's not cookie cutter. We're not. It's we're not just like stamping these out in the factory and 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 hoping everybody you know responds favorably. Every one of these partnerships is done on a case by case basis. We build it organically with what we bring from our strengths, what they bring from their strengths, and then we figure out how to make it special and unique for the GNC consumer. I mean, obviously, uh, Rise's like big stride is driving foot traffic. Yeah, they're. A, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I hate calling brands TikTok brands because it sounds derogatory. And <laughs> they obviously have a. Uh, they, I mean, they'll probably say derogatory. I don't mean it that way, but it's it, it's it's a young crowd that is impressionable, and you can definitely send them in store if you have an exclusive experience or exclusive product or something. So it absolutely makes sense. Yeah, you know, why would a kid go into a GNC instead of just ordering it from their phone? We're all on our phones. It's easy to buy a TikTok shop now. So you have an exclusive product flavor or something. It absolutely makes sense. We want to make sure we take the time with with a new partnership like those two in particular to make sure that we're building the solid base so that we've got a long runway. It, and that's where, you know, that's where some, you know, brands like those two in particular are different than Caged. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense because with Caged, you can get 27 SKUs because all of them are exclusive, Yeah. right? Raw has, they have everything. They've got a million pre-flavors, intro, card, like that, all that stuff. But if you were just bringing those into GNC, you're gonna have the question, why go to GNC yeah. instead of just ordering online? It totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. we do not want to be a me too. Um, and I think, you know, in food, drug, mass, you know, a lot of other specialty, you know, you can't say that about everybody. People want the latest and the greatest that they're seeing on TikTok or that they're seeing on social media or that another brand is coming out with. And there's nothing wrong with that if that works for them, but that's not who we want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's something that we really pride ourselves on um, to make sure that if you come here, you know that there's a very specific reason for it to be here, that it was actually thought through why it's on the shelf. Um, and then it wasn't just how fast can I bring the next hottest thing on TikTok into the store. <laughs> yeah, because uh, obviously I think like trends are starting to cycle even quicker. 100%. Right? They, they pop, they drop, they pop, they drop. I, it, it almost made me laugh because when we came in here last month, you guys had Berberine on like a display as seen on TikTok, right? And I don't know if it said as seen on TikTok, but that would be hilarious if it did. Um, <laughs> but it's like, it did for the record. Okay. <laughs> but, just so, but it reminds me, like, like, it's like as seen on TV, but now it's <laughs> yeah. TikTok, right? It's funny. But uh, it, like, it was funny because I was looking at it and I was like, oh yeah, I did see that like two weeks ago. And it's like, you almost can't keep up with it. Yeah. 
you know, I imagine like you guys are like scrambling to send in-store cards for this thing. And like, you, you don't know how long it's going to last, yeah. right? That these things are happening so quickly. Well, there's always going to be an element to that part of the business, but if it ever becomes a hundred part, a hundred percent of somebody's business, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Sure. And that's again, where is it, are things like that always a part of our business? Yeah. But they're always a small part of our business. Like we want to capture those big, you know, um, fast moving trends, moments, yeah. moment, exactly moments. But if that ever gets to a point where it becomes the totality of our business, like I feel like some, you know, uh, you know, some, uh, retailers are some partners are, et cetera, out there in, in, in certain categories. I think that's a recipe for disaster. It's not built for longevity. It's built for a moment in time. Yeah. Um, and you know, you can manage one, two, three, five of those when it becomes 500, that it is just not a sustainable model in my opinion it, it feels to me like that is kind of like the the enemy of long-term progress like we were talking about TikTok brands or the, the moment brands or collapse yeah all of these things we have we have a tendency to really enjoy them and then brands will say this is my personality now and I, this, is, this is all i'm gonna do and and for GNC, it totally makes sense. I think you guys have historically always built brands or built partnerships with brands, and that's what is your bread and butter. I don't think you're going to argue with getting a little bit of foot traffic from TikTok, no. of course. No. But in terms of partnerships and brands, and obviously, like I don't think people consider consumers consider when they say they want something in GNC or they complain if it's not there. Like you have over three thousand stores, you have to outfit. I mean, you could do segments, but yeah. if you're really going to lean into something, you have to outfit. Through over 3,000 stores of product, that's a big purchase, it's a big ask. Mm -hmm. And if it flops, it flops, so that's not good. Yeah, and I mean, knock on wood, our, our track record is way better than that it's not. Um, <laughs> but again, it's because we build like long-term partnerships and, and, and take a long view of what the business ultimately is. Um, if you're always living for that momentary trend, it is not sustainable in a five-year, 10-year, 20-year model. And for somebody that's been around for almost 90 years, if we had done that, we would not be where we are today. Right. I'm all question. If Chris Bumstead just got on his camera, on his phone, made a TikTok video, Instagram video, posted it to both platforms, and said, go to GNC right now, buy a Super Thavage, how many units do you think he would sell? I guess we'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> ask, me that, ask me that question in a few months. Nice. Hang on. Actually, I think this might be a fun topic to end this out on. But uh, in a few months, not uh, we could ask you, but we could also ask Scott Ticker at Spins. There you go. Uh, you guys are partnering with Spins in for a very long time. If people don't know, Spins is a re data reporting system yep. where you can get sales from C stores. Um, and obviously, Vitamin Shop has been there for a long time. It's been a, a good way to look at the industry and understand. And now you guys are entering. Yep. Um, I don't know if you're involved in this at all, but it, was that decision like that's now like kind of like your data is out there, it's very public. Yeah, I mean, I would say I'm I'm involved um, kind of on the fringes. Okay. Obviously, you know, um, we've got a really robust you know uh, data team, um, consumer, and you know, kind of industry analytics. Um, so you know, it's important that we have we have a full view of that, um, mm -hmm. and we participate in those things where it's important um, for us to be able to assess. The broader market right. um you know it's a very integral part of how we make decisions um day in and day out um you know uh, i think it's a you know a natural segue for us to kind of partner with spins you know yeah. we've had various partners over the years on that you know on the on the data and analytics side um spins so far has been a really great partner in terms of my involvement uh to date 
Um, you know, so really excited to see how it can help us just make our business better. We're cool. just excited to like dive in and yeah. s- let's see if Chris Post had posted this, like what happens. Yeah, right? that would be that would be sweet. I want him just to say, that's fine. <laughs> like just get everyone to storm the storm the genius stores. So, um, in terms of gaps, like if I could conjure up an influencer, yep. man or woman, any age demographic, what who would you and then send all of their million followers into GNC? Yeah. Who, what kind of influencer would you want me to conjure up? Like, hmm. like forty-five-year-old woman, or like, what demographic do you think GNC can do better with? You know, it's it. That's an interesting question, but it's a really hard one to answer because we have. <laughs> that's the interesting thing about you know some a place like GNC. So we we have a very young demographic in certain categories right. and an older demographic in in others, mm-hmm. and so when you talk about kind of the ideal influencer, it really is category and sometimes, you know, down to the skew specific on who who ideal would look like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody in the pre-workout space is obviously gonna be much younger than somebody that is, you know, on our wellness side potentially in certain categories. Mm-hmm. So I hate to, to pigeonhole it um, by any stretch of the imagination, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want somebody ideally from an influencer standpoint or an ideal kind of consumer standpoint that is going to progress throughout the various stages of their life with GNC. That's a great answer because yeah, time in the market beats timing the market. Just okay. And again, I'm sure the three of us can attest to it. It's like you start, you know, in a very specific category when you're young, and then you evolve, you know, into various needs for your own health and wellness journey. And, yeah. and we want somebody, and we want. We want to be that that place for people to kind of experience all those life stages um, because we have great products that can service all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so an ideal person would be somebody that can kind of guide people through that journey with authenticity. So that's, Yeah, that's a great answer because um, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. And you people are going to change and their demographics are going to follow them. Just like, don't go crazy while you're, <laughs> while yeah. you're progressing because yeah. social media obviously can affect people and everything. Yeah. If people keep it, they're, they're, you know, an influencer can keep their head on straight. And have good business partnerships and see the long game. Yeah, that's that's huge. Okay, kind of on that topic, it's funny. Like, yeah, like growing with all these things and understanding that it's like, I, four years ago, I would have a hundred percent just been like, yeah, but like, what's the sports nutrition influencer? Because I like I was obsessed with sports nutrition, but yeah. well, I do forget there is a front of the store as well with GNC. Mm-hmm. Like, if you in GNC, the back of the store is in most cases yeah. all sports nutrition. The front store is greens, longevity, you know, all those things, and that. It's something I think it's overlooked a lot. Obviously, sports nutrition is kind of like the sexy, exciting thing. You went to the franchise show, like most of the sports yeah. nutrition, but you obviously have a, a lot of bread and butter in Phytopacks and healthy living and stuff like that. Is that a split for you guys? Um, I don't think it's a split. I think that the probably the unspoken thing for a lot of people in the industry on the sports nutrition side is, is that they actually shop also on the wellness side, mm-hmm. you know, and you're, you're starting to see, and I know you guys obviously talk about this a lot. You're starting to see a lot of traditional sports nutrition brands blur the line into the wellness side in things like greens and collagen and whatnot. The unspoken thing is, is that that consumer always shopped there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just now finally catching up with some of the brands that had historically just been in the sports nutrition space. Um, you know, so that consumer has always lived on both sides of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just now becoming a little bit more apparent as a lot of the bigger brands traditionally in sports nutrition have themselves blurred the line. Yeah, it's been really cool to see sports nutrition brands like excited about wellness and yeah. active living. like. But we see fit lifestyle in that. We see people, I mean, pre-workouts, we talked to Podium. Yeah. It's a great example yep. for you. Or it's like, 
you know, they're not interested in making 30 grand pre-workout. Yeah. You know, they want CrossFitters who want to just increase performance and feel better and be able to pick their kids up off the ground at 60. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's exactly right. It's incredible. Awesome. Well, I know you have other things. Yeah, to sure, do yeah. the only other thing we haven't touched energy drinks and functional foods. I don't know if we say that for later or if there's anything special going on. Yeah, we can. I mean, there's always a lot going on in that category. <laughs> yeah. um, that's probably a whole conversation in and of itself. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, there's there's tons coming in the in the short, medium, and long term there in both categories. So, um, so you want everyone pitching their next energy drink to you? Is that listen? I, it's it's the, it's a very similar. <laughs> that's a lie. Um, it's a very similar conversation. We don't have every energy drink on the market for a reason. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's very easy for um, you know brands or you know retailers or you know grocery store whoever it is to be able to just bring in for the sake of saying I've got the most. Mm -hmm. um, but they always don't taste good or they're not, you know, they're not functional in the way that people think they should be or things like there's just a million different things that when you actually peek under the hood in the energy drink space or the hydration space, where's the diamond in the rough, you know, and that's what we're trying to find. That's why we're trying to keep it curated and special um, and, and make sure that if it's on the shelf, there's a reason for it to be there. I have the answer for what the diamond in the rough is. It's the lit RTD. <laughs> I, 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 I yeah. say we were in a stomach this morning. Uh, I, I say this every single time we talk about GNC RTDs. I'm like, they are so underrated. Those mm -hmm. bean shakes, I mean, I've been saying this since I worked in GNC. Like, I used to buy them, buy like with a 16 pack, I think. Yeah, pack. Pack, like, yeah. You guys have had incredible flavor technology in your RTDs for, mm -hmm. this was before energy drinks stuff. Yeah. It's been wild to me. I will say we picked up energy drinks this morning. I regretted not getting a Jolly Rancher lit no, mm -hmm. RTD. Yeah, well, you have to deal with the beta alanine is the only side of I will tell you that there are some new innovation coming from own brand in that space too. More to come. Cool. So excellent. Cool. Well, we can leave with that. I'll have any other. Yeah. Thank you so much for awesome. with us. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you.